you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show, and we appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've uh, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> my intent is to only go back to, so this is part two of yesterday's yes. uh, neo-racism. Yeah. Um, now, can I tell you something I'm thinking about? Okay. Now, this is what happens. <laughs> When the hamster gets going too <laughs> fast on the wheel, you yeah. know, it trips. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, and it's just kind of, wheel is going and hamster's just spinning. It's not running anymore, but it's still going around and around. Mm-hmm. That's what you're hearing. Um, one thing at a time, Mika. So here's <laughs> the thing. I have, uh, on purpose, I have uh, tried not to bring a lot of new information today because I do want to get your feedback. I want to talk to you about this content. Okay, that's one. Number two, I want to revisit yesterday's show, which we called neo-racism or mm-hmm. new racism. Uh, but I because, you know, we've been we've talked a lot. Um, Will the Great and I and Abraham Hamilton, the third you hear him on the Hamilton Corner. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about partiality and even moving away from using this word racism the way it's commonly used because it's rooted in lies. Um, it's it's uh, ideologically uh, in opposition to the truth of, of the creation account. So, so this is one of those things where once you start learning this and, and you start thinking about the implication of using the word racism and, and saying things like all the different races, once you learn, you know, why this is speaking lies, then you feel like, ah, you don't want to keep saying right, it, right? Right. It's right. just so hard. It's it's yeah. a because you feel like you feel like you are affirming a lie. Right. It, to me, like, and <laughs> not to go too far, I'll just tell you though, sometimes I have a moment because it seems like using preferred pronouns. Like once you learn the truth, you know what I mean? You're just it's kind of like I don't want to keep telling lies. Um but I was thinking about something. I was thinking about and we didn't finish this yesterday, so we're gonna go back to it and I'm gonna take my time here. Because I think a biblical defense is so important for Christians. A mm-hmm. biblical defense mm-hmm. is so important for Christians. You can be outraged at what's going on in the culture. You can be moved to activism. But if you neglect having a biblical defense, then it's only going to be the next thing that grabs your attention. You're just moving on to the next thing that grabs your attention. But you've got to be rooted in the word of God. And so that's why we say the word of God is our straight edge. When people <laughs> want to oppose, when oh, I don't like what you, I'm, I'm like, show me where I'm wrong biblically. Mm. Don't tell me about your feelings. Don't (laughs) tell me about philosophies. Don't tell me about books. Don't tell me about seminars and classes. Tell me where I'm wrong biblically. And I think every Christian needs to be brilliant enough to do that. Notice I said brilliant enough to do that. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the world will make you think that if you refer to the scriptures, that that's not brilliant. But I'm telling you, be brilliant. Refer Mm -hmm. to the scriptures. Ask people to make their case from the word of God alone. 
And many people, you look at the modern philosophies that are overtaking the church that have infiltrated our schools, that have even infiltrated government. And yeah. people who are like, we already knew that, Mika, I know. <laughs> but all of these things, if, if you ask people to give a biblical defense for why they are espousing it, they cannot. They will just tell you to read materials that they've read. They go outside of the scriptures to make their case. Yeah. Um, that's not brilliant. They want you to think it's brilliant because they have usually these people, a lot of letters behind their names. Um, that's not brilliant. And, you know, thinking about this whole thing, how you said it, 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 you can see it in businesses like, you know, organizations. You can see it in, in the school system. Yeah. You know, you, you, you sent me uh, 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 it was a podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy who was talking, he was he was asked about the organizations and how they've been submitting to CRT. This is Christopher Rufo. We're going to talk about him today. Keep, keep going. Yeah. Yes, go ahead. Great. And uh, his point, I, I listened to what his point was. And I was like, man, that makes sense. He was saying that with these big organizations and, and businesses, it's not that they really believe this stuff. Like they really uh-huh. are trying to like, you know, it's more of paying off the mafia yeah <laughs> so they don't don't, get, don't break up my story exactly so they yeah. don't get you yep and when yep. things change politically they'll change too and yep. it's like man it's so sad and i, I believe what he's saying is true mm-hmm. you know they're not really but but the, the educational systems and some, some of these other uh places are really entrenched in it and it's more of a belief that yeah we, we're trying to transform you know society into this yep. way Yep. It is. Um, they are. It, it's a quote unquote sacrificing to the gods. That's what they <laughs> that's what they're Man. doing with their businesses. They're willing yeah. to sacrifice to give this up. You know what I'm saying? To appease the quote unquote gods. And if you look at the God of this age and you look at what's going on in our culture, it is so obvious that Satan comes to divide. He is dividing people left and right. He mm-hmm. is ripping kids from their parents. Like um, you think about um, the influence that parents are are um are supposed to have over their kids Mm -hmm. and they've lost that we've abdicated our roles now it's because it's not all of it is just a ripping by the way not not all of it is you know right it's not it's not all just pulling the kid against their will it's 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 the parent kind of saying here those are your influencers yeah those are the people that we want you to listen to and that's what we have to correct we we have to correct we can do that yeah yeah, yeah, that's not something that's all lost. Right. We, we don't we have to do give that. them over. <laughs> no, know? we don't. We don't have yeah. to give them over. Yeah. Now, look, it takes work, but we can we God. God has built us to do it. Amen. He's equipped us to do it. So what we're doing, we talk about this neo-racism. And this is what I began to say. I didn't finish the thought because, you know, the hamster and the wheel thing. <laughs> so so I, I kind of think, though, referring to this as racism I think now it's look, I'm not I'm not under any type of delusion that I think just because I say it, then all of the country will get it. And then we move in that direction. Right. Like (laughs) it doesn't happen. But I almost think that calling this racism does not require a disclaimer because this is a new fangled word with a new definition. So it's it's not even it's it can be called racism because because that I mean, it is what they what they say it is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not. It is not what we have traditionally thought race, racism is, which actually biblically de- defined is partiality. Mm. It's partiality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But because what they have said now is that racism, mm-hmm. and, and we'll get back to this, racism, according to the critical race theorists, okay, according to those who are um, pursuing equity, okay, uh, racism is not something that you commit, 
It is not something that you do. It is in your system by way of birth. <laughs> and in particular, it's in your system by way of birth in this country. <laughs> so it's systemic in this country. So it's in your system. Now, what's what's really interesting is that the people who are the purveyors of this foolishness <laughs> will <laughs> will make all sorts of declarations that would lead you to if you you know, if you're trying to if you're trying to add logic to their argument, <laughs> Um, you would say, okay, so then everyone born in America is racist then. Because they say it's in America's DNA. America is systemically racist. And so then by extension, you'll hear, we've got some more clips that we want to play for you. Um, So then they say, you're born in this country, so racism is as natural to you as breathing. So then you would think that's true for every American. But they say, no, 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 only white Americans. Okay, so then you say, well, well, okay, so then it's not in the system of this country. If mm. it's if I don't, if it's not in me, like, are, <laughs> right. wait, or are you saying I'm not American? What do you? <laughs> either one is just it's like an illogical conclusion. Like it's not it, you can't follow it to a natural end. You understand? Which again is why it's difficult to have an argument, or let me say it more delicately, a discussion. With these people, it's difficult to have a discussion with these people because every time you get to a place where you think, okay, I'm going to, why do I use such aggress- aggressive words? I was about <laughs> to say, I'm going to attack that. Mickey, be nicer. Okay. <laughs> every time you get to a place where you say, I'm going to address, there we go, ding. I'm going to address that. Then they slide from under it. Mm. And they're like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. And then and then you spend the rest of the time trying to find the new thing that they're saying in real time. Right. These things are happening in real time all the right. time. So. Right. So why are we talking about neo-racism? Because it is a new way to discriminate against people. It is a new way to teach hatred. It's a new way to teach partiality, um, to teach segregation. <laughs> all right. You've got a lot of uh, glamorous wow. separationists yeah. out there. You're right. they, they, oh, come on, wow. man. Yep. And, and we need to talk about it like. We, I, I just, I was telling Will the Great this yesterday while I was cooking tikka masala. I was appropriating <laughs> this food, okay? Um, cooking tikka masala. And, and I was telling him that, man, I, I don't want people to just be um, angry for no reason. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I want people to have the type of um, presence, if you will, the type of presence that compels them to not just walk away shaking their head. Like, speak up. Yeah. You got to do something. Yeah. You got to say something. Right. Right. You you can't. It's not enough for you to say, I oh, look, I don't want to be on these people's radar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If the spirit of God indwells you, you already are. You're already <laughs> on their radar. They're coming after you. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, so what were we doing yesterday? We were trying to teach you what the teachers are learning. That's what we're trying to teach you. Here's here's what the teachers are learning. When we talk about critical race theory, we talk about the new wave racists. Those who are given to partiality, but it's being uh, celebrated. Those who want to separate, those who want segregation. <laughs> All of these people are being se- uh, celebrated today. And, and we wanted you to be aware because if you can hear what teachers are learning, then you can get an idea of what your kids, uh, if this goes unchecked, what your kids will be learning. Yeah. And so yesterday um, we played a few clips. I want to go back to clips three and four. Clip number four is a little bit uh, lengthy. So I, if we could do clip number three in this segment, do you think we have time, Will the Great? Yeah. Um, it's a couple of minutes. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. So so what you're going to hear is from a training, a Zoom training um, uh, on the topic of a roadmap to equity. So this is Virginia Beach school teachers, public school teachers learning what Virginia's um, initiative is. All right. To to create equity in learning. All right. This is clip three. But then you have those implicit biases that kind of happen automatically. But then you have those implicit biases that kind of happen automatically. They're hidden and and they happen because of our interactions that we have on our everyday, um, our everyday lives. And how can we address those in a way that is a professional in a professional manner? And so you say, well, Wendy, okay, yes, we're talking about all those things. What can I do? I'm so glad that you asked. So let's listen in to this video. Listen to the college spade of spades. Saying I'm not a racist and being anti-racist is like two different things. When most people think of racism, they think of, you know, let's say what happened to George Floyd, or they think of the KKK, or they think of slavery. And when that is kind of your perception, it's very easy to say, well, I would never do that. I would never do that awful thing, which is valid, but it's more nuanced than that. Someone's saying like, I'm not a racist, doesn't help the problem. Simply saying, I'm not doing that, does not save somebody's life. It's like witnessing someone getting jumped and being like, hey, I didn't jump him. It's like, but you also just stood there while he or she got jumped. And being an anti-racist is like, one, getting involved and being like, break it up, stop this. And two, speaking out to make sure it never happens again. I would say on a very basic level, it's just about passive and active language, right? To say one is not racist doesn't actually connote any action. If you think about, let's pick baseball. To be not racist is going for a bunt. You know, you hold the bat out, the ball, you you hope the ball hits the bat. You're not expecting to hit the ball hard. You just want to get the ball to connect with the bat so that you can attempt to make a play. To be anti-racist is to swing the bat as hard as you can and go for the home run. To put in the extra effort to shoot for the stars and to actually swing that bat, right? To risk the strike, to risk the strike, right? But you swing the bat as hard as you can every single time. Okay, so when we come back, we're going to unpack that just a little bit so that you can understand that if you do nothing in culture, you are the equivalent of um, someone who... Well, you killed George Floyd. Mm. If you do nothing, you <laughs> kill George Floyd. Wow. All right. All right. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will and that's Colton Dixon with, is it Miracles? Yeah, it's yeah. Miracles. Uh, neo-racism. That's what we're talking about. Neo-racism. Mm-hmm. And um, what does it look like? Uh, what are the teachers learning? What are the teachers mm-hmm. learning? When we talk about this uh, proliferating in our public school system and this is what your kids are learning and this is why when they come home, they despise you huh. and they see you as their enemy. Dang. They see you as racist. And you're going, what have I ever done that would give you that impression? 
Well, see, you're working from an old, maybe even antiquated definition of racism. And so when you're looking for them to define, to tell you what you have done, what have you done? It's like, you don't have to do anything. You just are racist. You just see, this is the new definition. And so then when you redefine these terms, right, then you're free to say, and also, so the remedy to your racism is not to just be neutral. Hmm. (laughs) There must be activism, right? It's interesting that you don't have to do anything to be a racist, but you have to do something to not be Mm. like you, you know what I mean? Like you have to actually put in work to prove (laughs) that you, well, but then and see now that's not, that's not, that's not 100% true. You have to do something, (laughs) but it still does not, it's not, it's not atoning. It's not going to really truly rid you of your racism. It's just that you will, um, yeah, who are we kidding? There's no hope. You, there's <laughs> you have to do the work, but you don't get anything uh, from it. But this is what this is this is what it looks like to be redefining terms. Before we went to the break, we mm-hmm. were listening to um, this Zoom lecture on equity. Okay, the roadmap to equity. Uh, Virginia Beach Public Schools adopting critical race theory using Ibram X. Kendi's book, um, "How to Be an Anti-Racist," Anti-Racist I, yeah. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> as a as a framework and as a tool. But notice that when you hear this montage, so in this in this lecture or this presentation, um, she plays a montage and we've got a little bit more of it. And clip number four, I want you to bear with me here because clip number four is long, but it is so important for you to hear. It is so important for you to hear. All right. She brings in this instructor does brings in a montage of individuals to speak to these teachers and to explain to them what racism is and what it isn't Mm -hmm. okay and then what they must do okay Mm -hmm. what they must do so there is the work of Mm anti-racism so when a person is telling you and this is very important guys because uh whenever the terms get redefined the people who want to be trendy are very quick to start adopting those terms Mm -hmm. they don't even really know what they mean right so a person who says, I'm not racist, like if, if, we're, if we're all still saying that, you will hear the progressive and enlightened person say, I'm an anti-racist. Hmm. Have, you, have you experienced this, right? And you're like, well, yeah, that's what I just said. <laughs> I'm not no. racist. And they say, no, say but no. I'm an anti-racist. Mm-hmm. Different. And you're like, uh, <laughs> what's in your pancakes? I just said, <laughs> we're saying the same thing. And they're like, no, we're not. And, what, and, and, and in actuality... You're not because when they are defining anti-racist, they are saying that that is a call to action. As you heard in the clip before we went to the break, right? It is not just remaining neutral. It is doing something. Notice you heard in the clip that if you're not an activist, now think about this being taught to your children, by the way, Mm -hmm. if you're not doing something, all right, you're, it's like the equivalent of just bunting the ball. Yeah. Boom, boom. You just showed up. You understand what I'm saying? But to be an anti-racist is to swing, to hit the ball, to knock it out of the park every time. I mean, and so think about that. Like you said, think about your child being taught that. So what yes. are they supposed to do, <laughs> you Come know, on. except rebel against right. you? Like, yes. what can they really do where they can rebel against your thoughts and what you think and, and, and what you've been teaching? Because that's, that's exactly right. That's racist. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's why we had a conversation with one of our children uh, recently. Well, it, 
all of the kids were there, but one of our kids commented that they saw a call to action to speak out against racism. Right. And when he said this, he's our Peter. When, when he said this, you know, <laughs> he kind of said it with an eye roll. Yeah. And then the conversation came up around our dinner table. Um, well, what's, what's wrong with speaking out against racism? Isn't that bad? And so that's when Willie Gray jumps in. Well, the better word is partiality. That's what the Bible speaks of. And that goes well beyond people's skin color. We don't mm -hmm. need to be buying into and adopting all of these terms that are outside of the, the scriptures, right? But then the question was, okay, so what's wrong with saying partiality is wrong? Well, there's not anything wrong with that. Right. But today in our current cultural context, when a person tells you to speak out against racism, it is redefined. It's neo-racism. Mm -hmm. So it's not an action that a person has taken. It is not something that someone has done to express an unrepentant partiality toward another individual, to willfully hurt that person, right? To show an ungodly preference. Why do I say an ungodly preference? Because some preference is okay. Mm. Some preference is okay. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, anyway, I, I, because we're so <laughs> sensitive nowadays. You understand what I'm saying? I prefer to spend time with Will. Cash me outside if you got a problem with that. You know, I prefer to spend time. But you understand the point that I'm making here. Yes. We don't need to be overly sensitive, but we understand what partiality is when we look at it through a biblical lens. Mm. So we're having this conversation. We have to explain to our kids that the words, the terms have been redefined. So we need a, um, we need a shield around our children. The word of God, I would say. Amen. We need a protective coat, a protective barrier. All right, let's continue on because in clip four, Oh, man. In clip four, the teachers who are sitting through this training are learning that it is their job to ultimately get rid of the people who are the worst among us. Guys, this is so dangerous. It's your job, these teachers are being told, to get rid of the worst among us. I want you to lis listen specifically near the end of this clip for the one gentleman who says, you know, yeah, we have these people that are sort of the worst among us. And so we've got to mine and excavate. <laughs> we've got to mine oh, and excavate boy. the worst among us. And this is only after what is clearly laid out and clearly identified is the fact that everybody watching this video is likely racist. Unless, of course, you're black and you're oppressed, right? Then, then it didn't get in your system. <laughs> All right. Um, this is clip four. Here we go. One of the most freeing things that white people can do, or well, actually any human being on the planet could do right now, is to just say, of course, I'm racist. Of course, I'm racist. If you grew up in a house that spoke French and you, as a baby, just started laying in your crib, listening to people speak French over you. You wouldn't have to do anything to start gaining uh, proficiency in the French language. You would just speak it because that's what's being spoken around you. Our society speaks racism. It has spoken racism since we were born. Of course you are racist. Of course. The idea that somehow this blanket of ideas has fallen on everyone's head except for yours. <laughs> It's magical thinking, it's, and it's useless. Look, 
I think we celebrate the best of us, but I also think we had to live self-examined lives to, to mine and excavate the worst of us in order for there to actually be a good world, right? And I think that's what everyone's afraid to do. The best way to get over stuff is to talk about it. This stuff will never change until people become comfortable having these uncomfortable conversations on both sides, both sides. I mean, you have, they're not comfortable conversations. I mean, I've had to have conversations with people in my family and it's, and I'm in an interracial relationship and, you know, having the conversation is not the easiest thing to do, but you have to do it. It's really easy to kind of unintentionally create an echo chamber. A lot of us are friends with people who look like us and who have the same beliefs as us. But having these conversations, especially, you know, if you do have family members who you know harbor these like really, really toxic beliefs about black people, rather than you talking about it with your fellow woke white friends, go talk to that relative. That's the difference between non-racist and anti-racist. Is anti-racist is about action. That to do nothing is to leave the system firmly in place. It is to absolutely affirm the status quo of certain bodies being allowed resource access opportunities and other bodies being literally killed. So you're, you know, if, if you want to assure that racism stands, continue being non-racist. But if you would like to see racism dissolve, if you would like to see the interruption of racism, the interruption of white supremacy, then what you'll do is say, where do I speak French? And how do I translate that to a language that is less harmful? Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. This is a psychological assault, by the way. Guys, this is classic textbook manipulation. Okay, what you just heard was that, so if you want to continue to see people dying in the streets, right, then just go on um, not being racist, being non-racist, okay? Because as long as you are non-racist, you are culpable. As long as you are just not racist, okay, then, then what you are doing is you are participating in the trauma, Okay, you are allowing for systems to continue to oppress people because you're non-racist. So just continue on being non-racist and basically be complicit in the murder and the destruction of oppressed people in this country. Congratulations. But if you really want to do something, you must move to be an anti-racist or an anti-racist. And how do you do that? It involves action. So what is it that you're going to do? How, how are you going to change the system? So, you know, by the way, what this is, this is, uh, this is from, this is from Kirk and Madsen. Mm -hmm. This is jamming, mm -hmm. right? Where you tell a person that if you do this, then you're like this person and you couple it together, yeah. you couple it together so that the person has a picture of himself or herself that when they see, they juxtapose that picture with the one that you are holding up. So say if you tell a person that just to be non-racist is to be complicit in murdering people. And then you show images of like John, um, George Floyd, mm -hmm. right? Breonna Taylor. And, and you tell people, so non-racism is what causes this, right? So then people are like, Oh, that's awful. That's awful. What do I need to do? And then going back to the instructor, the response is, well, I'm glad you asked. And please also note 
that when we talk about anti-racism and they talk about the actions and all of these things, it is not anything that you can do by the grace of God, right, to bring reconciliation. What it is is that you must be complicit in always highlighting the differences. You must be complicit in touting and celebrating segregation, neo-segregation. Where now nobody's going to call you out that you just want to have your own spaces. You know, you want to have graduation ceremonies that are just for black people. And nobody can say anything about that. Yeah. That is segregation. But, you know, it's a segregation that I choose. So what's so wrong with that? (laughs) This is what the teachers are learning. So imagine what the students are learning. In fact, I want to share this with you. Um, because I was looking, I was actually listening to a podcast. It's the podcast that you mentioned, yeah. Will the Great, a little bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rufo was on the Daily Signal podcast, and he was talking about the work that he's done in investigating um, critical race theory and how it has infiltrated the public school system, how it's infiltrated American education. And And let me stop just saying public school, because it's public and private schools, by the way, that critical race theory has infiltrated. And so he completed um, an 11-part series on critical race theory in education. Okay. And so I want you to listen to some of what he found when we talk about what is in school. All right. This is what he found. And I want you to think about what kind of country you're going to live in where this is pervasive. Mm. Okay. Because the little little munchkins with the little backpacks on their backs are going to grow up. And they're going to be making policy, right? They're going to grow up and they're going to be in industry. Go ahead, Will. No, I'm I'm, I'm agreeing. These are the ones that will be the children of our future, you know? Yes. And so they'll be be the ones running the show and doing different things. And so what type of mindset would you like for them to have? Maybe this, for example. Seattle Public Schools tells teachers that the education system is guilty of spirit murder against black children and that white teachers must bankrupt their privilege in acknowledgement of their thieved inheritance. Wow. What? what, what? Wow. What? San Diego Public Schools accuses white teachers of being colonizers on stolen Native American land and tells them, quote, you are racist. And, quote, you are upholding racist ideas, structures, and policies. They recommend that the teachers undergo anti-racist therapy. Anti-racist therapy. In Cupertino, California, elementary school forces third graders to deconstruct their racial and sexual identities. Mm. Then rank themselves according to their power and privilege. They separate the eight-year-old children into oppressors and oppressed. Hmm. Guys, this is happening in American education. This is not what could happen where we're headed. This is happening right now. A middle school in Springfield, Springfield, Missouri, forces teachers to locate themselves on an oppression matrix, claiming that white heterosexual Protestant males are inherently oppressors and must atone for their covert white supremacy. <laughs> we got to grab the break. We will open <laughs> the phone lines after we take a jog around the scriptures. Aaron the Addisons, American Family Radio. Stay right there.
Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. We'll get to some phone calls in just a minute here. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Halvey with Eternal. Um, I just want to read one thing from um, Vody Bauckham's book mm. and then turn to the scriptures. We're talking about um, this neo-racism that's being taught in mm. um, American education. It's not just public schools, also private schools, which is why parents have to look. If there's any work that's going to be put in, it's going to be knowing what your kids are being taught. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're not the one doing the teaching, then you have to do the work. Yeah, you really yeah. do. Like and I'm not trying to sound trendy and saying do the work. But if you're not the one doing the teaching, then you don't know. Yeah, you don't true. know. And and what's worse than that is you don't know what the attitudes are that are directed at your children. You understand what I'm saying? Because if this is the training, if this is what the teachers are learning, you've got to imagine that this affects the way they interact with their pupils. Yeah, it has to. Come on. It's it it's to. it's you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this has got yeah. to you've you've got to filter this through, you know, a normal person's mind. Right. So if I'm being told to change the way I think um, and then I start doing it, then I'm also going to see the students that I'm teaching in terms of oppressed and oppressor. Guys, this is we're, we're this is, we're in a bad place yeah. here. Yeah. And these things are traumatizing to our children. They have an effect on them. So yesterday we were talking about um, I just kind of like summed it up and looking at it as like disembodied racism. Right. That's the new way that racism is being defined. Vody Bakum in his book, he writes this on on the, in the section or the chapter of new religion. He says, and I'm just going to pick up here in the interest of time. This is why those inside and outside the cult of anti-racism can use the same word while missing one another completely. What's worse, anti-racists see the mention of individual guilt as evidence that one is not only an outsider, but a racist quote, racism is a marriage of racist policies and racist ideas that produces and normalizes racial inequities. That's from Ibram X. Kendi. Mm. Therefore it follows that quote, institutional racism and structural racism and systemic racism are redundant when, according to the new definition, quote, racism itself is institutional, structural and systemic, end quote. In other words, what Kendi is pilfering is that you don't have to do anything. Racism is just in the system. It's like the woman in the clip said, um, it, it's your language. Hmm. All right. You don't you don't you don't have to commit any racist acts. For, and, and and she was really being disingenuous when she talked about everybody can just admit that they're a racist. That's really a lie. Th- right. This There's nothing that I have read mm-hmm. in all of my research that says that black people are racist. Well, she started off by saying you white people. Then she yes. said, well, everybody. Then she ran it back. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> and I do not believe that that was an academic correction. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I don't think that was because that's, oh, yeah, this is what's in our in our literature. No, it's because you realize, man, come on, man. I mean, that's a little bit too overt. Yeah. Right. So let me run it back just here a little bit. 
But here is what I want you to understand. This is this is a doctrine of sorts. Right. And you've you've got all the tenets that are involved in it. This is why I say there's no way that it could be adopted as any type of framework within the context of the church. So basically, I was looking at the scripture yesterday and I want to go back to this. Right. Because I want you to understand God's amazing grace that you have the fact, the truth that sin was in the world reigning from Adam to Moses. So before the law is given, you have sin in the world. This is truly the definition and the picture of what it is to be systemic, right? Like, so what they are trying to grab at, right, is they're trying to rob from God, all right, and, and to create or to paint this picture, but they fall short because they are not God, right? Mm-hmm. So they're trying to say that racism is, as you hear all the time, systemic. So there's nothing that you really have to do it is just, it's just a part of your life. Right. So I want you to listen to this. I'm going to read a couple of verses here and we can get the phone lines queued up. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Romans chapter five. I'm going to start at verse 12. I'm going to read verses 12 and 13 here. Okay. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Now, see, that's that's what the neo-racists are trying to say. OK, <laughs> they're trying to say that racism has spread to all men because America. OK, mm-hmm. that's what they're trying to say. Verse 13, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Now, that's where the neo-racists fall off. <laughs> God in his amazing grace. Oh, man. Romans chapter seven. Man, I wanted to start at verses. uh, I wanted to start at verse seven, but I feel like there's a whole context that you have to get right. When the apostle Paul is writing to the Romans and he's trying to paint this picture of the purpose of the law, how you're no longer bound by the law, but the law served a purpose, right? The law served a purpose. I'm going to start at verse seven. This is, this is what the apostle Paul, and you have to go back to read and get some more context, but in the interest of time, verse seven, Romans chapter seven, he says, or he writes, what then shall we say that the law is sin by no means yet? If it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said you shall not covet. But when sin seizing an opportunity through the commandment produced in me all kinds of covetousness for apart from the law, sin lies dead. Then he goes on to say, I was once alive apart from the law. But when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying yeah, surely sin was in the world and the consequences of sin was clearly on display. But God in his grace mm-hmm. brought the law so that Come you on. could know what your sin is. Right. <laughs> God brought the ruler. Yeah. So you could stand next to it and see that you don't measure up and that you deserve death. <laughs> right. But he will send his son to die in your place. Mm. So what are the anti-racists, what are the neo-racists doing today? They're saying, no, 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 we, you don't need to, there's, there's nothing that you've done <laughs> per se. You just excuse this grammatical, like, 
just you just is racist. <laughs> you just you just is with no example okay? of no, no reason, example. Just because no like this is showing partiality. No, like this reveals your heart. You remember the Apostle Paul when he said he opposed Peter to his face because mm-hmm. he was showing partiality. He gave the example for before certain men came from James, right. he was eating with the Gentiles. Then those men came and he separated playing the hypocrite so much so even Barnabas was led astray. Hmm. What is Paul doing? He's Paul is putting his receipts on the countertop. Yeah. Laying it out. He's saying this is where he has fallen short. This is showing partiality. This he must repent of. But the neo-racists don't even do as much. Mm. So anyone who would give in to this, anyone who would allow their kids to be taught this, what you are talking about is perpetual depression, perpetual feelings of condemnation, without remedy, there is no hope. Don't even worry about trying to figure out what you did. It's not what you did. It's who you is. All right, Will the Great, let's go to the phone lines. Where do we go first? All right. Well, let's go to Alan in Louisiana. Hi, Alan. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. Hello. God bless you guys. Real good. Um, I'm holding your arms up. <laughs> God bless you. I'm holding your arms up. Um, you know, listening to you read that, that uh, scripture, you know, um, um, darkness is covering the earth, but gross darkness to people. Come on. And uh, every every person who is speaking right now is in a seat of authority, or so they think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scripture says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. principalities, powers, and rulers, spiritual wickedness in high places. Mm-hmm. Those seats of authority mm-hmm. have been, uh, well, were actually owned by Satan. These people are speaking dark. Mm-hmm. They're speaking darkness Man. this is why this is why it's so important for what you guys are doing for american family radio to continue to stand fast stand fast and continue to do what you're doing i'm on this end in louisiana new orleans mm-hmm. and um i am uh, putting together a uh, movement here we go with the movement but this <laughs> is a love's unity movement mm-hmm. and it's 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 it's, ta- it's it's coming from uh, in, in uh, Psalms where it talks about how good and well it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. This all this stuff that's being said about the, 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 the this racism man, what enemy is just laughing? He's Come having on. a field day. Mm. This stuff has to be abolished. It has yeah. already been, you know, through what Jesus Christ has that's done. Right. You Amen. Know, you know, the world has fallen. Man has fallen, and he is in his fallen state. Yes, yes, man. I just I just want to echo what our brother said. I think there was something that was really key mm-hmm. to what he said in acknowledging the work of Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is why, as you say often, Will the Great, it's a downgrade for us to bring anything from the world into the church and yeah. attempt to use that in place of the holy word of God. Yeah. That's a downgrade. Like, why, why, why do you need to go out into the world and try to find tools? You understand what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ has already we overcome. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We did a show, and I go back to this. Look, we don't have the problems that the world has without remedy. We have solutions to our problems. Amen. All right, Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Johnny in 
Virginia. Hi, Johnny. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, thanks for that passionate reading of the word. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm in Fairfax County, just outside of Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. one of the largest public school systems uh, in the state of uh, or in the, the country. Mm-hmm. The new principal of our high school um, got his Ph.D. writing about and researching critical race theory. Oh, wow. um, in addition to this, it was just announced throughout the state of Virginia um, that we're going to have to deal with um, transgender men in our daughter's locker rooms and things mm. like that. And I'm desperately now in this hunt for alternatives. But at the same time, I have to say, in a way, it's been such a blessing because it has opened my eyes mm. that it is my responsibility mm. To disciple my children. Come on, Come on Johnny. Praise God. And, and now we do where we haven't always done this. Now we are reading the word every single night because I've seen mm. this darkness. And I've said, man, the fear of God really is the beginning of knowledge. Mm. Amen. And, and I've just been like, oh, my goodness. God's word is so true. And, and it has woken us up. It's like dividing yes. the wheat and the tares. And I'm just like, God, thank you for this pressure. Mm. Thank you for waking me up mm. and giving me this responsibility for discipling my children and, and to say to them, look, we are living in a time that you were born for. And this was a time of reprobate minds. And I don't care if you have a Ph.D. I was doing a study on this at Greek word actually is where we get the word moron. And we look at this stuff and we try to say, how are people, how are people thinking this way? We just can't understand it. Mm. But thank God that His light shone and opened our minds. Amen. Oh man, Amen. Johnny, listen, man. all right. Um, <laughs> we don't know you, and you don't know us, but uh, we're coming to your house to have coffee. All right, <laughs> we're just we're friends already. I'm man. just telling you, just so that you're not surprised. Uh, when we come to hang out, this is, what an um, encouragement, man. man, I, th- it's not about feeling an emotion, mm-hmm. but I got to tell you that that really fills my heart Amen. because if at the end of the day that we are able in some way to encourage parents to say, listen, God has equipped you. He has called you right, man. And then for parents to get that and to say, man, okay, you know, this pressure right here, it's, it's a good pressure because this is what it has produced. Mm. It's beautiful. Johnny, thank you so much for that. Will the great, let's try to squeeze in one more call. All right, let's go Real to quick. Timothy in Texas. Hi, Timothy. Hey, I uh, appreciate what you guys are doing. Uh, I love listening to you. Uh, my question is that when is this uh, neo-racism um, going to take in the responsibility about Asian Americans? If you look at the news, it's, it's black and white just outright attacking an Asian American. So, so what where is the critical race theory saying that that the those black people who are doing that are in, in, in intently racist as well man look timothy <laughs> that's a great question give them time you know this is where this is the black and brown people give them time <laughs> to expand the tent pegs oh they will they're not yet done the ultimate goal is division by oppressed people groups okay And so within that group, you can have as many different oppressed groups as long as we all rally around the fact that we've been oppressed. We all agree on that. Mm. Maybe we can follow up with a comment on that tomorrow. Um, We're out of time. 
Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.